Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and greenhouse caretaker, Brendan Tuma. Friday morning edition of The Kickoff, everybody, meaning it is time to talk about four players I am higher on than our expert consensus rankings and four players I am lower on. But first, the next time we talk, it will be too late to enter the signed Kyler Murray jersey giveaway. So do it quickly. Just leave a review for this show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. That's it. Automatically enter to this contest and all future contests. Also, three times the entries. Subscribe to our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash fantasypros. This is a no-lose proposition for you guys. Go ahead and do it now. Let's also talk about TickPick and how they're giving away season ticket packages to your favorite team worth $3,000 and how you need to go there whenever you want to purchase tickets to any NFL game. They have teamed up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, to give away these season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. The drawing is at the end of the month, guys. Okay, so you have a couple more days here, and it is totally free to do it. They do one drawing every single month from now until February. Again, each package valued at $3,000. Just go to TickPick.com slash pros, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash pros. Cost you nothing. Get entered to maybe win an awesome package for next year. All right, before we talk about my rankings, let's run through some big news items from yesterday. Austin Eckler did not practice on Thursday with a hip injury. So this is new and this is a little concerning. Now, he didn't practice on Wednesday either, though he didn't have an injury designation, but it's not great coming out of the bye week, right? But let's not freak out too much here. We didn't hear anything about a hip injury before this. Let's monitor, though, the Friday practice reports. A lot of news on the Giants injuries. Joe Judge is optimistic that Saquon Barkley is going to return to practice on Friday after not practicing on Thursday. He also notes that Kadarius Toney and Kenny Galladay are, quote, making good progress. And he is, quote, pretty optimistic they could practice on Friday. Also, Sterling Shepard returned to practice. So Shepard is probably going to go here. The rest are all up in the air, and we really need some clarity. I think we'll probably get it here before Sunday. This doesn't strike me as something where we're going to have to do game time decisions with all these guys. But if so, we'll talk about that on Sunday morning. Dak Prescott believes he can suit up for week eight against the Vikings. And this is his quote here. Quote, I think that would spoil all the fun. We'll keep going. Obviously, we've got to keep progressing, given it's a long season. I don't know if it's just my decision. So none of that is really anything I want to hear. I want you to come out of the bye week and for us to say, okay, you're good to go. The fact that he's saying I could start, it's not all my decision, makes me a little worried. And you have seen the spread here and this game drop from the Cowboys minus two and a half to the Cowboys minus one and a half, minus one at some spots. That makes me a little worried. Again, not much we can do here. But if you do roster Dak Prescott, it probably makes sense to have a backup ready to go just in case. Jarvis Landry returned to practice and says he will, quote, for sure play in week eight against the Steelers. That's great. He's probably going to be doing it on your bench, or at least he makes no better than a borderline flex play. Sean Payton said that Mark Ingram is going to play in week eight against the Bucs. Okay, good to hear. You're not starting Mark Ingram against the Bucs, and you know that. Julio Jones remained sidelined on Thursday with his hamstring injury. Again, let's wait for Friday. I'm expecting him to be able to suit up since he did last week. Devontae Parker did not guarantee that he would play in week eight against the Bills. You don't want to start Devontae Parker even if he starts anyway, so don't worry about it. Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer reported that Baker Mayfield looked good in Thursday's practice. All right, don't really know if Baker Mayfield is going to start, but 
this is yet another news item that doesn't really matter whether Case Keenum starts, whether Baker Mayfield starts. You're really not going after one, after anyone, pardon me, on Cleveland other than Nick Chubb. Rob Gronkowski practiced for the second straight day while Antonio Brown remained sidelined. Gronkowski does look like he's going to suit up. Antonio Brown does not look like he's going to suit up. T.Y. Hilton returned to practice. Things are looking good for him potentially to return here against the Titans. Corey Davis, though, was a surprise limited in practice on Thursday with a hip injury. Again, no reason yet to be concerned about his availability, but let's monitor the practice reports for the rest of the week. All right, people, four players I am higher on than consensus, four I am lower on. Let's start with higher on. Begins with Cordero Patterson, who I have at RB12 compared to RB17 for the consensus. I feel like I'm always higher on Cordero Patterson, and I make no apologies about it. Last week was weird, for sure. I mean, he wasn't involved at all as a receiver, but he was essentially the primary running down back, and he greatly outtouched Mike Davis. Remember, this was coming off the bye, right? I mean, that's the chance for a team to reassess their offense, and their reassessment said, make Cordero Patterson our primary running back. So that's good. The fact they didn't really get work in the passing game, that just doesn't matter to me all that much, to be honest. I, I do think the targets decrease a little bit here with Calvin Ridley playing and Russell Gage healthy, but I don't really think it's going to just take them off the map or anything in that regard. Panthers have actually given up the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs this year, but that does not represent how they actually are against the run. They just haven't allowed a ton of touchdowns. They're actually 19th in defensive DVOA against the run, so that's below average. They allow 4.4 yards per carry. That's the same as Atlanta. So we've got volume and an unimposing matchup in today's fantasy landscape. I don't know, more like an RB1 to me. Another guy I'm higher on is Cole Beasley, who I have at wide receiver 33 compared to wide receiver 38 for the consensus. Beasley has been really inconsistent this year. His targets are just all over the place. His targets by game, 13, 4, 14, 2, 2, 9. So it's hard to feel great about him in any given game, but two things here make me a little more excited. The first is the absence of Dawson Knox. Remember, as good as Josh Allen and the Bills offense are, there just isn't this unlimited fantasy production to go around. So with Emmanuel Sanders and Knox, reliable targets were a little harder to come by for Beasley. But with Knox out, they should be there in this game against the Dolphins, especially with an extra week for Buffalo to prepare. Second, it's the matchup. I mean, forget the names in the secondary, right? The Dolphins have just been terrible against wide receivers, third most fantasy points allowed to the position. And Nick Needham has allowed 20 receptions on 27 targets in his coverage out of the slot. Along with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, they just all struggled. Every Bills receiver should feast here, including Beasley, who's a solid wide receiver three for me. I am also higher on Michael Carter, who I have at RB23 compared to RB29. You had me at Mike White. I talked about Carter earlier this week as someone who is moving up my rest of season rankings in light of his increasing usage, and especially with White under center. 44% of White's pass attempts went to running backs last week. Do you realize how insane that number is? That's like a running back just like popping off 40 carries in a game or something. Now, I don't think he's going to do that again, but I do think that Carter and Ty Johnson are going to get a ton of targets here in a game where the Jets are going to be trailing throughout, most likely, against a team that is excellent against the pass. Also, Tevin Coleman continues to miss practice, so I'm not expecting him to suit up here. The stage is really just there for Carter to be a borderline RB2. Again, that's not crazy. I'm just starting him over someone like Zach Moss, for example. Finally, I'm higher on Matt Ryan, who I have at QB11 compared to QB15. I said in a video today that I was taking the under on Matt Ryan's passing yards prop. 
That video, by the way, appears on our Betting Pros YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bettingpros, which you should subscribe to, by the way. There's a lot of good stuff that's relevant for fantasy. But anyway, just because I don't think he's popping over his 284.5 passing yards prop doesn't mean I would avoid him in fantasy. He's thrown multiple touchdown passes in five straight games. He's thrown only one interception over his last four, and that interception wasn't even his fault. The Panthers have allowed the 15th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. That includes matchups against Zach Wilson, Jameis Winston, Davis Mills, and Daniel Jones. It's a matchup that Ryan, along with Patterson, as we discussed earlier, can win. I am comfortable starting him as a QB1. All right, four players I'm lower on than consensus. It begins with Kenneth Gainwell, who I have at RB30 compared to RB24. I think what this really comes down to is me feeling uncomfortable with what we're going to see in the Philadelphia backfield. I was really high on Gainwell as a waiver wire pickup, and I still would be if they ran again. But after listening to Nick Sirianni, I mean, first, I immediately regretted placing a small wager on him to win coach of the year at 40 to 1. But second, I just had no confidence as to how that offense is going to run or who's going to get work. I mean, would it floor you if Jordan Howard was active and got 10 carries, including the goal line work? It's a great matchup, and I'm going to closely check beat writer reports and everything I can on Saturday night during my rankings and projection sweep for sure. But as of right now, Gainwell is a startable option for me, but only as a mid-range flex. Another guy I'm lower on is Mike Williams, who I have at wide receiver 16 compared to wide receiver 11 for consensus. Williams looks like he might be fully healthy here after the bye week, but I'm still fading him just a touch. To be clear, fading him means you're obviously starting him as a decent wide receiver too. But I think this matchup with the Patriots is not great. J.C. Jackson has been really good in coverage this year. He's almost certainly going to shadow Williams. I mean, he's shadowed the opposing team's big wide receiver pretty much all year. He stays in the perimeter. That's where Williams sits. And the Patriots are going to need to game plan to try to take Keenan Allen away, right? He runs a ton out of the slot. Jonathan Jones is done for the year. And Austin Eckler, assuming that he's healthy, is going to need a ton of attention. So just putting Jackson on Williams the entire game to try to take him away, that one weapon just out of the game, that's a likely move here for the Patriots defense. Now, Jackson does allow fantasy points. He's allowed 29 catches on 51 targets so far. So he's not going to entirely eliminate Williams, but his presence makes me fade him just a little bit. Another guy I'm lower on and I'm not happy about it is Damian Harris, who I have at running back 18 compared to running back 14 for the consensus. I don't want to be the one fading Damian Harris in this matchup. Guys, I mean, the Chargers allow the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They're last in defensive DVOA against the run. It is a great matchup. They basically say, all right, we're taking away the big pass play. You want to run? Okay, run. And hopefully we can hold you to like a third down or something and win that way. So Harris is going to do well here, but he is totally uninvolved in the passing game. So that always dings him just a little bit in half PBR rankings. So he's going to need a touchdown here to justify being a borderline RB1. And he may get it. He's scored in three straight games, but I'm personally going to take someone like Cordero Patterson and players of that ilk just a little ahead of him. Finally, I am fading Michael Pittman Jr., who I have at wide receiver 29 compared to wide receiver 21. There is nothing I dislike more than finding out I am lower than consensus on Michael Pittman Jr. I don't know if we've ever actually talked about this, guys, but I don't look at where I am against consensus except for one instance, which is this podcast. That's it. It's really just about self-preservation, by the way, the reason why I don't do it. Because if I rank someone at like wide receiver 14, but the consensus is at wide receiver 11, I don't want to feel like I have to root against that player, you know? Chips fall where they may, and I'm fine with that. 
But I am doing this podcast and I am apparently low on Michael Pittman Jr. And that stinks, both because I love Pittman. I think he's awesome. And now I have to explain why I love him a little less than others. And second, because now Yates is going to troll me every time Pittman has a catch. Anyway, my guess is that this is more about me factoring in that I think T.Y. Hilton is going to suit up here against the Titans. And that just lowers the ceiling for Pittman. I mean, I know the Titans have allowed the most fancy points to wide receivers. I know Pittman is a huge threat. I know the seven targets that he got officially the last two games do not take into account all the targets negated by defensive pass interference calls. But I expect this to be a relatively low volume game here. Two division rivals who know each other well, they both run a ton, probably just going to want to control the ball with a game that I personally expect to go under the point total with just two teams on by, with Hilton likely back. Pittman, to me, putting all those things together, it's just more of a wide receiver three for me than a wide receiver two. But he's awesome. Stop yelling at me. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your football. I'll talk to you again on Monday morning.